Hey, what's going on, guys? Big Duke here, one-third member of the legendary group, The Hogsman. And you know what's really burning my bacon right now? Are these, these asshats out there in California uh, going to the beach when there's a stay-at-home order. Now, I understand there's a heat wave going on right now. I've been through that. I lived in California for 15 years. But stay at home. You, you want to go to the beach and go play in the sand. You can go to fucking Lowe's and get a 10-pound bag of sand, throw it on your living room floor, and have your, your wife, husband, girlfriend, kids spray it down with the, with the hose from the sink. It's the same fucking thing. Go take a cold shower. But no, you, you want to go to the beach because I got to get some sun. Get some fucking spray tan or something. Otherwise, we're going to be doing this shit for another 10 fucking years. Stay at home. I mean, that's what I do. Time for the podcast. Sun to just north of the border, strong style meets street style on this very podcast. Because you've got the Osaka Saint, the Saitama Superstar, the Mad Titan of Tokyo, the American Kaiju, and not only do you get the American Kaiju, but double your pleasure, double your fun. Tonight on this podcast, you get two Hogsmen for the price of one. He's the hombre with no nombre. Mi hermano from another mamo. He's the world's greatest Rudo. Oh, numero uno. That's right. You're listening to two of the three Hogsmen. Big Duke, he couldn't make it this episode. We'll try and get him on next time. But you are listening Southern California's numero uno pro wrestling theme podcast. We're not the first to do it. We just do it that much goddamn better. And uh, it's week six, I believe, of the quarantine saga. Monday. And what, what, what is actually the date? I actually uh, can't even remember. It. Is it the 27th? It's Monday the 27th. Thanks for picking me up on that, Hunter. You're welcome. And uh, we're brought to you once again by 10 Barrel Brewing Pub beer, cheap fun beer. What's up, Dev? How you feeling? Feeling good, man. <clears throat> feeling a little, uh, a little tired today. Did uh, did a run in the heat. You guys already made fun of me for that. <laughs> Push ups and squats and running in the heat, and uh, completely zapped me of all my energy. So, and I don't uh, even have a beer today to to help me recover. Hunter Freeman, how you feeling? What's up? Feeling How's good. Life? That's uh, going good. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Tim Burrell. Being a uh, Devin was giving me shit about it a couple episodes ago. I went out and I found the uh, Profuse <laughs> Juice, uh, and I do like it because it's juicy and it's fruity. So Tim Burrell, I appreciate it. Um, I'm gonna uh, drink it right oh, now. That's a wow. Uh, nice you know plug. What? I, 
Yeah, I want the I want this week's uh, Hunter's Hot Corner to just be him saying, "I'm gonna drink it right now," <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Not the rest of it. Not it being fruity again. Just here we go. I'm gonna drink it, and then. Um, I think you got yourself a sponsor, brother. Hey, let's do it, guys. I have to tell you, uh, first order of business. I trimmed the curlies off my off my mustache. I have no. I don't have those anymore. I don't have the Captain Hooks anymore, and they're gone. That's what was missing. They'll that, be back uh, by next week. They'll, they'll, be back, they'll be back within four days. I guarantee it. I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't deal with it. I was over it. I'm I'm sick of that. Running in the wind and it's just flossing your teeth for you. Can't do that. <laughs> I'm gonna shave it off. Ridiculous. Uh, well, Dev, you're not the only one that's not drinking on tonight's show because I am hung over. Got all banged <laughs> up yesterday, man, with the neighbors. Uh, didn't plan on it. Unexpected. But we went out uh, to like the kind of common area of like the garages. And all the neighbors were just like, let's build a slip and slide. You want a beer? Okay. All right. <laughs> start drinking. Dude. Wait. They started, started drinking tequila straight. Oh, no. Late at night. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And then uh, my bad. my neighbor, my neighbor, uh, him and I were the last ones, the last the, the lone soldiers at the end of the night. And uh, he's a jiu-jitsu guy. And we started wrestling out of, like, nowhere. And it was just like, why are we wrestling right now? Like, dude, we got all banged up. And it was just like, all right, let's do this, man. So I had a long night. You tap his ass out or what? No, no. Oh, come on. You didn't shoot on him? What the hell? Come on. Did you give him a German or anything? Yeah, on the concrete. That, that sounds like what, a great idea. And what are you trying to do next year? What's the what's that what's that show you want to try to do? Mania weekend? Bloodsport. Oh, uh, Bloodsport. Yeah. Oh, you want to do Bloodsport? You can't even throw down still on this in, guy. Still in training. You couldn't shoot on this guy. He just was weak. Yeah. Well, he is hey, uh, like fifty plus years old. So. I don't and you still couldn't take him down. And you still couldn't take him down. Oh, Burying bitch! You think bitch? You think right. I got taken down? You think I got taken down? Absolutely. You're all banged up. No, I got banged up as far as drunk. Yeah. Yeah, so you probably don't remember that you lost. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Shamrock's 50 years old. He'd whoop your ass, so I bet dude, this guy's Dude, have you seen that guy ass. lately? Shamrock? Yeah, he's back on it. He's oh, back he, on yeah. it. He looks fantastic. Yeah. Looks great. Okay. Well, what, uh, what, what brought that to my mind was Carlo last week talking about him, him and those two winning the tag titles out in Australia. And uh, I remember I saw that on Instagram at the time. Like, holy, how did that happen? We doing tagging with Shamrock? Saw the picture. Like, damn. Then back, what signed to TNA again? And or Impact? Sorry, not TNA again. And uh, yeah. going to town. Yeah, I just saw he uh, he wrestled. Was it Sammy Callahan or something like that? I think so. And he came. Yeah, he came out, and I was like, damn. Shammy looking good. Hmm. God, if only I could, man. And only if you would, Dev. Get on the juice. Get on it, man. Get on I'm it. I'm on it right now. <laughs> what kind of juice? So good. Gin and juice, dog. Gin and juice. <laughs> the best. Uh, speaking of Sang- Carlo, sangria. <laughs> speaking of Carlo, um, we man, what a talker. Yeah. We uh, actually, after the podcast ended, we still talked to him for about 20 minutes. I left. I finally had to get going. I don't know how much longer you guys talk. <laughs> I, I ended up staying on the line with him till about one in the morning. Really? But he brought up uh, he brought up Catching something up. awesome, like great about his uh, his character. And I wish he would have kind of brought it up on the uh, the podcast. But he was he was telling us about his character 
and kind of how it's like a purge sort of character where he has to get this violence out so he can be a nice guy on the streets and also about like why he wears those bright colors. Yeah. Which I, I, I thought it was fantastic. He related mm-hmm. it to uh, poisonous uh, insects, animals, whatever you want to, you know, very colorful animals that are very deadly, which the, the colors are telling you stay away, stay, stay away from them. And uh, when he said that, I was like, that's that's a great fucking like way to put it. Dude, that's some that's some deep level uh, uh, psychology right there for mm-hmm. wrestling. Like no one thinks about that. But you yeah. do have a bright pink squid row uh, thing on your bandana there. So I'm a little nervous. And this guy last night probably should have stayed away from you. That's all I'm yeah. saying. He's lucky I didn't wear this out there. <laughs> oh, but uh but yeah, that was. I think I thought Carlo did was an awesome guest last week. I was really happy that he uh, was able to do it. Oh, speaking uh, of which, we got uh, listeners in Australia now. We got some Australian listeners now. So, good day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey Ted, we didn't get to any questions last week. Uh, maybe we should like make up, like you know, and, and make up uh, for that. So maybe get to a couple questions real quick. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, where are we at? So here's By the way, one. That's, that's the voice of producer Ted. We didn't put him over yet. Uh, Ted makes this podcast amazing week in and week out. He runs the social media channels, runs the YouTube channel. Any any stuff that you see on Instagram, any of the cool videos, it's all Ted. He does all the work. Well, you guys do cool all guys. the you guys do all the real work. I Jeff, just you can jack him off when we get back in the studio later. So <laughs> all right, Ted, I'll jack you off when we get back to the studio later. Well, shout out to Carlo Cannon because we put out. It was like 64 pieces of content last week. But anyways, getting to Mike's uh, listener-generated question, this comes from Drew Drew P.A., and uh, he wants to know where you guys got your inspiration. Persona, presence, ring attire, move sets. Is there any specific uh, guys you looked up to maybe when you were coming of age who you uh, stole some shine from? Dev, go ahead and take first crack at that. I gotta see why Hunter's laughing. Why are you laughing, Hunter? I know where you guys got your inspiration from. I'm not gonna say it though, but I know where the inspiration came from. Where we got our inspiration? Yeah. What's that? Freebirds, 100%. Mike. The Hogsman? Yeah, Michael nah. is Michael P.S. Hayes. Yeah, you are. Mike. Nah. Mike's the talker, P.S. Hayes? He is. <laughs> He's the worker. He's the workhorse. Uh, okay. All right, Dev, uh, go ahead and answer your answer the question. Well, I will answer it, but I, I want to answer yours too. So I'll answer mine, then I'll answer where you got your inspiration. So for me, the American Kaiju, uh, as you all know, well, as all the Japanese know, uh, fucking huge and over as hell in Japan. Just big, massive son of a gun. So when I came back here to the States, it was really easy to just relay that to my fellow Americans. Just, hey guys, just want to let you know I'm a pretty big deal now. Uh, over in Japan, so I just want you to kind of follow suit and respect uh, the effort that I'm putting in here. And that's kind of where that came into play. And then for uh, for Camden, for El Numero Uno here, if you're watching the video of this at all, he's wearing a L Squid Row uh, bandana. Mike just likes to get drunk and get fucked up down in, in Cabo. <laughs> and uh, he throws around, when he's drinking, he throws around a little bit of <laughs> Spanish. So, same Mike back up here in Sandy, getting drunk, and I'm El Numero Uno! And this is probably the same thing that happened last night when he couldn't take out the 50-year-old. He just threw a little Spanish at him, and that was it. El Numero Uno! Uh, 
Talks like Hunter. <laughs> yeah, Is that I about mean, right? No. Uh, inspiration. My 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 favorite wrestler Jesus. was uh, was Stone Cold. Like I, I feel like that's kind of like uh, actually it's it's funny when I was in high school, right? The high school I went to. Uh, younger kids, like the the older kids, always like uh, like would pick on like the younger guys, right? So I, like I never got into like a fight with like a kid that's actually like in my grade. It was always like somebody older or like somebody that I probably shouldn't be fighting. And uh, the uh, I used to see a lot of kids get uh, get picked on and like back down. And I was like, dude. If I ever, if, if that's me, man, I'm not I'm not backing down. Like even if I know I'm gonna lose, even if I don't want to fight, I'm gonna make it sound like I want to fight while I'm kind of like finding my way out of it. Because I'd be like, dude, if Stone Cold can fucking go in there and just start whooping ass, I'm gonna do the same fucking thing, man. <laughs> this is dangerous. So uh, sending I the wrong just, message to kids. No, no, like I I think it's, it's stand up for yourself, man. Like seriously, like stand right. up for yourself. You just show up with a zamboni, hose them down. Yeah, but that's what you have uh, to do. Stone Cold like was like a big inspiration for me like in high school. Uh, like wrestling wise, I actually uh, Bobby Quantz when I finally met him and I started wrestling with him, I was like, okay, I got to be like that good, which I'm still not. But Bobby Quantz is probably like the biggest inspiration of like in ring ability because that guy is on another level, and I wish he would st- he would still wrestle. So, but uh, he's 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 content with not wrestling. So mashup where I think I saw this a couple weeks ago on Twitter. They was like it was like the four pictures of like hey who's your wrestling gimmick made of mm-hmm. so who would your the four like contributors to your wrestling gimmick be uh probably bobby quants uh stone cold probably like and I, I, don't, I don't even know if you can like really uh say like a certain wrestler but like that wcw cruiserweight division mm-hmm. um back in like what 98 something like that uh mm-hmm. like you know like all those guys because man anybody that was that's I think our age, around our age that was watching that, it definitely inspired. Like, you know, that work that work style. Um somebody, I mean, I guess fucking Daniel Bryan since motherfuckers say I look like him all the time. <clears throat> Got it. But and yeah, he, he him uh, Bobby and him trained together. So it's kind of like that same style, I guess you could say. I think mine would be big, yeah. sorry. You're good, go ahead. I was going to ask if Mike was a big uh, Dean Malenko guy back in the day. Yeah, love Dean Malenko. Like I said, that, that cruiserweight, WCW, man. Guerrero, Malenko, Benoit, Jericho, all them cats. That was good. Sorry, Dad. Oh, you're good, man. Um, I was just going to say, I think I think if I had to do the four corner, the four contributors to what my character would be, I think it'd be, uh, I think, uh, three eyes, Kurt Angle. Just mm-hmm. the white meat <laughs> American hero. That'd be one. I think two would be Johnny Cage. Uh, three would be probably Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat. Fuck yeah! Shit don't stink. Movie star. I'm bigger than anyone, and then he's going there and get his ass kicked. Doesn't matter, but he's bigger than you. Uh, better in every way. Um, probably Chris old. Probably old school Chris Jericho. Like when he came out from the uh, the Y2J mm-hmm. era, and then for a fourth one, I have no idea. That, I got that far. I got three. Three out of four is pretty good. I, st- I still remember that uh, Y2J debut, and it was the it was the greatest debut I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, no Japanese for- wrestlers in that there, Dev. No, because I'm the American kaiju, and they oh. like me because I'm so much better ah, than the boring shit they're used to seeing all the time. Ah, ah, hmm. 
Uh, <laughs> Hunter, give us a couple uh, wrestlers that uh, you are inspired by. Uh, I'm kind of like you. Definitely a huge uh, Stone Cold. Uh, Stone Cold is definitely one of them. Just because I could relate, you know, being from the South, the old redneck. I used to love when he was called, when JR were calling him the Bionic Redneck. It's pretty badass. <clears throat> um, him, I've always, you know, I've always liked Jake. Uh, one non wrestling that I like to think contributes to my wrestling persona is uh, Snowman from Smoking the Bandit, the truck driver. <clears throat> so he would always wear like the trucker hat and the, you know, the flannel cutoff shirt, kind of Larry the Cable Guy, the way he would talk. And then another uh, another one is uh, a lot of people don't know, even though I've never had like any like hardcore matches or anything like that, but I've always loved like Mick Foley just for just what he did, you know, just putting his body on the line and everything just to, you know, get that reaction from the crowd. It was, it was a big thing. So yeah, those mm. are, those are my four. Not a bad, not a bad four. I'd say for my, I've just, you just reminded me with that fourth one, just usually the pop I get, I'd say Hogan. So four. <laughs> four <would> be Hogan. <laughs> I have a question for Dev. I know he's a huge Hulkamaniac, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you were like me when you were a kid, if you were a big Hulkamaniac, would you take old uh, plastic bags <coughs> that you'd get from the grocery store and make them into the T-shirts and then rip them off like Hulk Hogan? Of course. Of yes. course. Thank you. It wasn't even – yeah. Of course, dude. Everyone put on those. And I, it, I would be even worse because I'd get the, hev- the hefty bags. I'd be like, these plastic bags are too small. I need a bigger bag. And then my mom would buy a brand new, brand new hefty bags for the trash – Cut a hole out for my head, just tear that shit up. What are you doing? I'm getting over, brother. <laughs> rip, off, rip, rip off the plastic bags. How many people got kicked out of school for doing the DX suck it sign? Oh my God. I remember, oh my God. I, everyone was doing suck it. Everyone was doing suck it. And it, the fact that, could you imagine today? I mean, kids do shit today, right? And it's like, all right, that's annoying. They'll do their. They're dabbing and whatever, their Fortnite dances and stuff. And you're like, ah, it's, yeah, flossing. It's like, ah, that's cool. That's annoying. But <laughs> you don't have 13-year-olds coming up to you telling you to suck their dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, and that shit was everywhere. That, 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 everywhere. that, that was, that um, crossed over into mainstream. You still see it today. Like, you'll see, like, old oh, yeah. women doing it. And they, have, they probably have no idea, really, like, what it's about, you know? Oh, they have. They know what it's about. Come on, Mike. Suck uh-huh. your what? <laughs> Gross! I never. Now wait, wait. Where did this start? Because I, I assume it was DX, but NWO was doing the crotch chops too. You had uh, Xbox Six doing it, but he was he he was both uh, DX and NWO. Yeah, but he was over in NWO before he came back. Was he doing it? Was he doing it over at NWO? I think he was. I think if you look back, he was. I think Hogan did it first because when he no shut up, bro. I swear, if you remember when he cut the original promo at the Bash at the Beach, he did not do a sucking chop. He did. You're insane. Down below. No, he didn't. If 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 he if he did that, then it was probably like completely not meant to. It was just a movement he did. Dude, if he did that, he would have sued WWF for all their money. He would have been like, no way in hell am I letting you get that one, too. If that is true, Hunter, which I I, I don't remember him doing it, it's probably equivalent to, like, 
Gene Simmons like taking credit for like this hand sign, like the uh, the the devil hand sign on the cover of uh, what was that Destroyer? But it's like, nah, dude, you your hands just happen to be in that position. But Ronnie James Dio is the one that started that the devil sign. Um, yo, you guys hear about the Velvet Velveteen Dream dude right now? No. Scandal, scandal. Allegedly, uh, something to do with like dick pics and an underage kid. Oh God! This is <laughs> this is the craziest thing, right? So, and he says basically like his his shit got hacked, right? Uh, I I don't know, I don't know. That's why I say allegedly. But this is the funny thing. So after a tryout, after the tryout that I went to, they basically are like, guys, don't have any naked photos of yourself on the on your phone, right? For me, not very hard. Don't have any naked photos of myself on the phone. It seems like all these people that get hacked, it's like, guys, get this shit off your fucking phone. I don't know. It might be like a, a, a generational thing. Are you Wait. asking me where did I do with my dick pics? No, I'm just thinking like, <laughs> how, like how, how hard is it not to have like dick pics on your fucking phone? I know. Well, here's, what, here's my advice to some of the younger wrestlers. Get a fax machine. All right, and go old school. Just just lay down on it. It's not going to look pretty. <laughs> it's not going to look pretty, but it gets the job done. There you go. So, um, yeah, I've never taken a dick pic. No interest in that. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't think anyone would want to see that. I don't think my wife is going to be like, "Hey, out of boy." It's strange, man. It's strange, dude. Like. I don't know. Like all these like wrestlers get caught up with that stuff, and it's just like I, I don't understand it. It's just not. Like Hunter, it. you got real. You got real quiet. How many dick pics do you have on your phone? None, man. Luckily, I was uh, raised right. You know, if they want to see it. They got to pay me for it. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, okay. you know. So you're a prostitute. Pretty much. OnlyFans. Yeah. Hunter's opening up his OnlyFans. Hey, I, I, took, <laughs> I took your advice. I said I need to do it. <laughs> I don't have OnlyFans, by the way, Mom, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, no, hold on, hold on. She doesn't know what that is. Explain to her what an OnlyFans is. I, no, I'm not, Devin. Mike, let's, let's keep going. <laughs> how is, uh, how is uh, Hunter's mom doing? <clears throat> we haven't checked in with Hunter's out. mom lately. She's a little bummed out. She was supposed to be in town uh, this week. She was supposed to fly in on the uh, 21st, and then uh, Ground Zero was going to have their show this weekend, and she was going to be here for that, and she was going to – See Mike and Beth, and hopefully finally get to meet Dev and his wife and fam. But you know uh-huh. this uh, coronavirus has got everybody losing their damn minds. So she's, she's a little bummed out. But I really think like good. we're not going to have wrestling for a long time. I I was going to talk to you guys about that. I I think we're out of wrestling at least the rest of the year. Oh, say it ain't so, bud. I don't I think we're going to have live shows. I wouldn't argue that right now. It's, it seems I, like it's going to be a very long time. I think we'll be able to do um, studio shows. I think we'll be able to record shows. And I think you'll be able to put that stuff up online. I do not think there will be any live wrestling, any sanctioned live wrestling events um, for the rest of the year. Or at least through like October, something like that. Um, real close I'm, to the end of the year. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm crossing my fingers and, uh, and, and, and hoping that we can make the July. Uh, it can, wrestling can re, uh, resume <laughs> by July 4th. Nightclubs and all that kind of stuff can resume because we have some fun stuff supposed to be happening, but I, I'm not sure if it's going to happen now. So 
Oh, well, move on. Hey, on that Life. note, uh, Santino Brothers, did you guys uh, hear about that closed this down. week? They yeah, legit closed down? Yeah. yeah. Well, they, I gotta t- like, they're getting away from, I think the school is going to exist, but they just can't afford to keep paying the rent on their facility. Yeah, that makes sense. I, uh, I got, <clears throat> what, what's going to happen with it? Where's all this uh, small business loans coming from? What's, where's all the bailout money for these guys? It's all um, going to the big business businesses that don't, that don't need it. Sick. Um, yeah, I saw something about that. I got a text about it and I didn't look into it. I, I saw a bunch of people posting like memories of Santino's, but I kept scrolling through their timeline trying to find the announcement. I couldn't find it anywhere. So if that's true, that sucks. They put out, man, for only being out, what, six years or whatever it was, they put out an immense amount of talent. Guys got signed left and right. Good for them for doing it the right way. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it sucks, man, because there's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that uh, are out of a training school. So I don't know. Like You, you, you don't know what's going to happen down the road. Uh, once all this is over and, 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 and life can resume, they might open up another, uh, another spot, Santino's. But as of right now, I mean closed because they can't afford the rent uh for for not running it sucks man it really sucks a lot of good guys came out of there uh a lot of rookie of the years out of that place but one Ted. man one man broke the streak <laughs> anthony idol i see it right there behind you yeah. <laughs> here's, a, here's, a, here's the santino brothers yeah here here cheers robbie phoenix cheers. man we're thinking about you can't wait till you get the new place Hey Ted, this would be now would be a bad time to drop the <laughs> the dong and the oh all bear. <laughs> yes. yeah, let's not drop that yet. Okay, got it. Uh, I, have a question. I have a question for Mike. What do you want, Mike? What was going on in PB uh, this weekend, man? Oh, all that damn protesting geez. going on. Protesters, man. I told you, man. It's it's it, people are getting fed up. It's we're at week six, right? I, and I've told people by week seven. We'll see. There's going to be some, some crazy stuff. Like uh, you know, that's where like you know desperation really kicks in, and so you're starting to see these protests. Next thing you know, it's going to get crazy. Uh, no, I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist about that. But if you look at the websites behind this stuff, it's all run by same IP address. Um, there's so there's there's someone behind it or a group behind it looking to disrupt. The public it's not random it's not people being upset and let's go strike hold on there's there hold is an on. effort behind there's an effort behind this okay yes, hold on is. hold on look it up look it up t- hold on let me bring up my so you're saying somebody is pushing this right so when tr- hold on yes <clears throat> or no somebody's yes. pushing the yeah. idea yes yes are yes. people jumping on the bandwagon yes okay then pe- then it's people getting upset you know they're going into desperation mode. It's not like a. It's all, It's not a conspiracy. Maybe some. Yeah. All it takes is one. No. Person if, to no. Say if one person. Limbaugh, if one, per, if one person is behind himself. No. If one person is behind pushing an agenda for forty different states to, and gets these things out, yeah, that's a conspiracy. If it's if it's if it's if people are hopping on, that's fine. You think that's one fine. person that, is right. pushing an agenda to start riots in forty different states? I'm not talking about one. I'm saying there is there is an effort behind it, whether it's a group of people or one people or it's it's a group of people. It's people getting upset because they're not working. Well, it's that simple. To your point, Devin, how whoever set up the websites, Mike's got it right that these people could still stay at home. Like at the end of the day, it's going to come down to everybody making the decision that either a 
you're okay with people getting sick and dying from this shit uh or you're not and you're just, or you know who knows who knows what's gonna happen man but i agree with you mike that we're at a tipping point here we're at a real scary boiling point it's coming so yeah they reopened the beaches here uh, in california the ocean well i guess you can you can't stop though can't stop you have to keep moving it's just like a lot of these parks that reopened you can't go like camp out you can't like set up a picnic you gotta stay moving which is weird man it's a they're gonna start uh may 1st you, if you go outside and you come within six feet of people you have to have you have to wear a mask which is kind of strange to me uh face covering face covering, uh, face covering vocabulary whatever. is very important in this but uh i don't know if it's like it's weird because at first they said, oh, don't worry about it. And they, I understand they were like, oh, it's because they want to conserve it for the uh, hospitals. And they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, it won't work. It doesn't work like really as good as you guys think. Uh, but now they're like, oh, it's mandatory to wear it. So it's kind of strange what they're, you know, you're really seeing some high up people that got voted in. Uh, maybe talking a lot of bullshit. Just to just to try and win votes, and now it's 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 do or die time. It, like they have to show, like, hey, this is why you elected me, and it's going to expose a lot of people in the, uh, you know, government positions. So I think this whole thing has already exposed a lot of people. Well, California a while ago, a couple of weeks back, uh, Newsom declared us a nation state. That was interesting. Yeah, which I don't really understand what that means. It's all bullshit. It's just basically they were acting in our we we act in our own best interest. We're not waiting for federal supplies or anything we so we the state of california will act as their own entity and will procure deals with other countries so it's like hey we can't get the supplies from the u.s we're going over and getting it from south korea or whomever is supplying it and paying it that way so so it's not like we're uh we're like texas that thinks we can separate from the union (laughs) i love texas all right well we got a guest coming on uh, his name uh, is Justin Borden. This man is a referee. He's been refereeing for a long time in the Southern California area. You uh, have seen him on Boost Underground, PWG, a uh, whole bunch of stuff. So let's go ahead and take like a quick break, and uh, we'll come back with Justin Borden. And we're back, and with us we have the most diabolical referee this side of the Mississippi. You've seen him on PWG, Lucha Underground, all over the Southern California area, and he's a uh, huge part of uh, Botchamania. You've seen him all over that. Justin, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. What up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I might add, I was, I think, uh, two years ago, I was, I think, top five botchamania of the year wow there you go. i i secretly i want to get i, I want to be on botchamania like i watch it just praying that like god please somebody send in a video of me like fucking up <laughs> what but about i feel like you... once i feel like when devin and i really get going uh devin will help me that help, help me out with that uh, <laughs> that dream well you know there was a you were there's a title match in arizona you were in where you did a moonsault off the top uh, rope to the outside where no one caught you. So we might be able to find that footage and, and submit it. Uh, I've, there is footage of that. I wouldn't say no one caught me. I'd say somebody got an arm out at least and, and, uh, and, and kind of uh. tried breaking my fall. Anyways, Justin, we're in week six of quarantine. How you, uh, how you living? 
Uh, it's kind of tough. Like I said, I'm usually a really busy person. I work typically 70 hours a week. I have my doctoral studies and everything else, and everything kind of went to a halt. So, I mean, I needed some uh, time to rest, but now it's just too much time. Unfortunately, because of this whole coronavirus thing, um, I got delayed my completion date for uh, my doctoral dissertation. So that's one bad thing about this, because I was in the middle of my research gathering for my study, which is chapter four of the five chapters for the doctoral dissertation. So that kind of hurt me um, mentally um, because I really wanted to get it done. So um, I still get it done this year, but just prolong instead of a summer graduation, I'll be uh, graduating in the fall, uh, in the fall uh, late December of this year. So, uh, I'm, but I'm overall, like I said, I'm healthy. I can't complain. Uh, there's other people who are in worse situations. I have a job that, you know, I'm at home, but I'm still getting paid and I can't complain about it. And I know I'm better off than a lot of other people who are struggling right now. Yeah. I'm looking at you right now and you got degrees all up on your wall. Where are these degrees? Where are they from? What are they for? Uh, they're from all different types, uh, from associate degrees to bachelor degrees to master's degrees. All together, I have 20. Uh, Jesus. All, yeah. Uh, this have, this uh, isn't Pokemon, dude. You don't have to collect them all. You just get a couple of them when you're on your way. Yeah, I know. I know. So, But after I get finished my doctoral, that'll be my 20, number 21, and I'm done with that. I won't be doing back to school anymore. So I don't think there's much I can earn more than a doctor title. Which, so, which one's your favorite? Of my degrees? Yeah. Uh, well, it'll be my doctor when I get it. But as of yeah. right now, I think it's my <clears throat> master's in uh, organizational leadership. Um, is I have a master's in public administration and in business administration. But I think the organizational leadership one really blends the two together. How do you think uh, how do you think this country's been organizational leadership wise with the uh, COVID thing going on? Uh, chaotic. Um, I think there's uh, too many leaders, too many opinions. And, you know, it's just it's just sad. You know, a lot of people have lost their lives. A lot of people lost their jobs, their livelihood. And I mean, the stimulus checks are, are nice. But in reality, you know, you got these small mom and pop businesses that are going to be able, even with these business loans, you know, they're still going to have to close shop. And, you know, I look at our industry, it changed our industry so much. You know, you, you have people who made it, were actually making a, a living on independent wrestling. It was a great time to make a, a, a living. You didn't have to be signed by Impact. You didn't have to be signed by Ring of Honor. You didn't have to be signed by WWE uh, or New Japan. And you could still make a good living. And then boom, that all taken away just like that. So when uh, said, when did you uh, when did you start refing, Justin? Um, two thousand, I think at the end of two thousand four, um, I got into uh, refing by accident. <laughs> uh, I actually started in Candice LeRae's backyard, refing. So um, I uh, they had a backyard promotion. Uh, and mind you, everyone was trained, like Candice was trained, her brothers were trained at um, the school of uh, Hard Knocks. Um, but, I mean, many people came from that backyard. Um, Tyler did Davidson, also known as Jerick Matthews, uh, was from back there. Uh, Jim uh, James Morgan, the Red Tornado, uh, was back there. Candice came from back there. Uh, that's where I met TJ Perkins. Um, I met the Bucks through that promotion uh, when we did a a show at, uh, in Riverside. 
uh, it, that was outside the door, but I met the Bucks, I met Sky, I met uh, like I said, TJ and all these people. So everyone was trained. It wasn't like they were just trained in the backyard. Everyone was literally legit trained. But yeah, I started in a backyard, Candice Lorraine's backyard. What, uh, what, so you, you accidentally jumped in there and, and said, I'm going to count to three? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, what it was is, um, long story short, um, I knew Candice's family. My stepfather was uh, the teacher for Candice and her two brothers. And then Candace's younger brother played baseball with my younger brother. And I was substitute teaching uh, at a middle school. And I found the flyer. And I was like, oh, local wrestling. Show up to the house. I know the house. I'm like, oh, I know this house. I know this family. And then so I started attending the shows. And then one day, they just didn't have a ref. So Candace's older brother came up to me and said, hey, uh, can you ref for us? And I'm like, I uh, really don't know what to do. He's like, well, I know you understand wrestling and everything. Um, just, you know, do what you, you know, what you know and go from there. And so I did that and I got asked back and that's how I started. They try to go beyond the backyard. We did some shows for like special Olympics. Uh, we did some shows um, outside the backyard. Like I said, um, like Orange Blossom Festival used to have here in Riverside. And then they tried to expand past the backyard doing shows. It fell through. So then I just quit because like I said, it was just fun. You know, I had no plans of being in wrestling. So I quit. And then through the encouragement of other people who left the backyard and started working at Jesse's at EWF more often, they said they needed ref there. And, and so maybe about a year later, uh, I started working with Jesse doing one match, like the first match of each show. And then went from there. I've never had any kind of formal training as ref. I never had a day of training um, even after I started. Wait a minute, Mike. Are you telling me you got a backyard ref on this podcast? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> we got an untrained backyard ref. We're going to get buried you, for that. I told you a, f- a few episodes ago, backyard is where it's at now, man. Backyard is where it's at. Hey, but I'm the only, hey, I'm the only, ref, uh, only person you have on the show so far that has their own Lego in Germany. Oh, for reals? Well, the, the girl that does the Legos in Germany, she, uh, she does the Legos and the figures for all the wrestlers. So... Yeah, oh. uh, I, I was like her first ref Lego she did. She actually sent me the original. Oh, that's um, awesome. Uh, yeah, and she made me another one. But yeah, she's a really amazing, talented person. She doesn't sell them. Um, I just randomly, one day, my showed my mailbox. It was there. And <laughs> that's the weird thing about it. I have a, a, a little small fan base in Germany and Australia, <laughs> which is funny. So um, like I said, I had her and some other people. I got it a letter in the mail about a year ago from a Lucha Underground fan, just randomly some guy who asked me to sign uh, two photos for him and send them back. He paid for the postage and all that. So I was like, no problem. But I was like, randomly mail from Germany. And then uh, me and Knox had a request uh, through some fans we have in um, PWG fans. They liked Underground, but they were PWG fans. And uh, for a wedding, this actual shirt right here, the Love and Hate shirt with me and Knox on it, was a request for a bride uh, for her wedding. So yeah, that was interesting. That's awesome. So. Uh, quick question. So you you stumbled upon refereeing, and uh, you know you kind of just learned on the fly. I always I'm always like really uh, amazed by people that just want to ref. Uh, a lot of times you might get a, a wrestler that uh, you know maybe tried he, he tried training, he just decided that he he, he liked refing more. And then you have people that just came in just wanting to ref. And I don't think fans understand how, how in, 
important it is. I, I don't think some promoters understand how important it is to have a solid, you know, referees because they play such a vital port, uh, port, uh, part of, of a match. And uh, so you, so you, you, you got thrown in there and it just, did it just seem kind of fun to you? Like uh, while you were you're just part of the, part of the show, basically. It was fun because it was small. I mean, we, it was in a backyard. Uh, we were probably drawing about 30 people. Uh, one, one of our bigger shows, we drew about um, 70 people. It's a good house. And, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like I said, it was fun. It was just fun for me, you know. Uh, I, I was getting paid, uh, you know, but it was just fun. You know, it's with people I knew, people I used to go to. Um, Bill Anderson used to run a ro- local show called IWC um, out in the end of uh, San Bernardino. And uh, Cole, which is Candace's older brother, they used to attend those shows. So I used to see them there as well. And, you know, it was just fun, you know, seeing people you've seen before. Some of the fans that were at that show would come to this show. Um, but, yeah, like it was just like fun. You know, I didn't never had this. I never had to dream of becoming like a full time referee. Even now, you know, uh, people ask, so what are my goals? And I think now I pretty much exceeded all the goals I've had. because I really didn't have many goals in refereeing. I mean, I've been on television been on international television you know i i've like said uh i get um hate through the, uh my facebook um i get like people sometimes randomly this is usually through pwg but like i've had fans in like turkey uh or other countries in the middle east hit me up you know there's a time zone difference at like 3 a.m you know 4 a.m you just tell me f you justin just randomly <laughs> you know which is funny um it's just, you know, like I said, I've never dreamed when I started to ever have that, that type of stuff or just people who, who hit me up randomly on Facebook and they'll, um, they'll message me that, you know, and ask me if I'm really Justin. I'm like, yeah, like I am. It's like, that's your whole name. I'm like, yeah. And like, you know, you're talking to me. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's no big deal to me, you know, and just to have, like I said, to wrap I'm not saying I'm, I'm not no Aubrey uh, Edwards by any means, but, um, you know, to have an international fan base. And these people have these conversations with you and just give you compliments or just even to have take the time to send hate messages to you, you know, it, it can, kind of makes your day from time to time. So do you, uh, did, uh, so you, you started ref in backyard, then you, did you move over to like another like promotion around your area? Like, did you like work for EWF or did you work for like AWS or how, how did, how did that progression? Sure. As I mentioned, I just kind of quit. And then some of the people who went over to EWF, like uh, James Morgan and a few others, when um, they started wrestling EWF uh, regularly, uh, they asked me to come. The only official they had at the time was your buddy and my buddy, Mondo Vega. And he was the <laughs> senior ref at EWF at the time. <laughs> and <Mondo>. so, <laughs> so I, um, I was, um, like I said, I got the first match, did the first match for about a year. Um, and I just had the first match and one and done. I remember the first show I had a second match uh, was because I was thrown in it by accident because one of the wrestlers was um, there was like on and off a female ref and he was kind of messing around with his girlfriend with this this female ref. So they got in the fight. So I got thrown into my second match of the show for once because of that. And you got uh, Jerry Springer into wrestling. I love it. Oh, yeah. And then uh, from there, I expanded on to AWS. Thanks to Mondo because Mondo was actually uh, one of the main refs there. And he kind of just asked Bart and Bart, you know, anyone who, we all worked for Bart at one time, you know, Bart's is really care. 
Um, so it's like, yeah, sure. So I start working with there. I worked my first PWG show when I was back for about a year, but man, I worked the first DDT tournament night three. And yeah, that was an experience because I was used to EWFs like five to eight minute matches. And then you had going out 30 minute matches where people were going for 30 minutes. So yeah, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't asked to come back for many years after that. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember it it was bad. (laughs) uh, PWG, how'd you link up with them? Candice Lurie. Um, And I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Candice Lurie kind of put in a word for me because, you know, like I said, I started with her um, and they needed some reps. For some reason, it was... Uh, at the time, it was uh, Rick Knox and Patrick Hernandez with their main refs there. And for some reason, they were booked on something else. And so it was me, uh, Munchichi, and Aaron Hassan that did night three of, of DDT. And, um, yeah, I uh, well, it wasn't as packed, I think, for, I don't know, over five years later. So... Wait, but was I wasn't there, ready. What was the, oh, you just weren't ready to be on that level for oh, like no, roughing? Oh, no, I wasn't ready because, like... I've only been doing Exit for about a year back into it. And like I said, I was dealing primarily just EWF, you know, and, you know, EWF shows are very different from PWG shows, you know, and, and you know, so you have, like I said, five, eight minute matches, and then you're going to each match is going 20 to 30 minutes and they were going like going. So, um, and then like I said, I got stuck with a, like the, this is before like the, the bowl of night three, you know, um, eight to ten mans, so all the loser eliminations, but they were like all the losers of the DDT um, tournament were in uh, a big, I think it was an eight or ten man. So it was just cluster because no one wanted to talk to match over because it wasn't like really a super great match. And I was just off in positionings. Like I said, it, w- it, it was a learning experience for me, but definitely I wasn't ready at the time. Uh, give me, so you've been, you've been with PWG for a while now, and for the indies, that's basically like the top indie promotion, I think possibly in the, in the world. Am I correct on that, Dev? I would say so. And, uh, how, you know, so tell me about some memorable, memorable, uh, moments with PWG. Uh, any like time, any matches you've, uh, you refed where you're just like, Holy shit, I can't believe I, re- I ref that match. Yeah, there's definitely a few. And I would still say, I mean, even with WWE and everyone else taking their talent, you know, it's, even now, I mean, the Magic Reseda is, is different from the Magic now, the Globe Theater. Globe Theater is a cool venue, but it's not Reseda. But, I mean, people love Reseda. I mean, I had people like Drew McIntyre, you know, the current WWE champion, who was marking out work for working, you know, PWG. You know, Cody Rhodes at the time was marking out for working PWG. All these people who, you know, even now, like I said, with the new J.D. Drake and the new Lucha guys, you know, it's very emotional. It still has that thing where it's still the goal for many independent wrestlers, even those who are signed to like Ring of Honor, you know, Evolve and stuff like that. But memorable matches, one of them had to be Liger um, during Bola. Um, I was a Liger fan for many of the years. And um, I used to buy the PWI magazines at Stater Brothers um, every month. And Liger would always look for Liger for it. And it was really Jewish and Liger, as they used to put it. And there wasn't even tra- trading back then. So there was a pay-per-view, <clears throat> which it was WCW uh, versus uh, NW, uh, WCW versus New Japan. It was the one where uh, the title versus title, Fujinami versus Flair was the headliner, and Liger was on it. 
So my parents were pretty good at ordering pay-per-views, the big ones at the time, you know, which was the Survivor Series, SummerSlam, and all that. But I wanted to see Liger. I asked for the pay-per-view. I was told no, I couldn't order it. My parents were gone for the day. I stole my stepdad's credit card. Yeah. Ordered the pay-per-view with his credit card. <laughs> and I got set to see Liger. Uh, I got grounded. Uh, but I got to see Liger. And then so someone who used to go to you know go to monthly to go get the magazines to read about Liger, just dreamt about, you know, just seeing him, seeing him in the wrestling match and then actually having to have a match. You know, I never really asked, you know, can I have this match? You know, ask people, you know, people a lot of times ask me, can I do their matches, which is fine. But I'm never one to ask, can I have a match? And when I saw Liger was going to be there, I told Knox, because I knew Knox had worked with him. I say, man, I don't ask a favor, Knox, but can I work Liger's match? <laughs> and he's like, sure. Because Knox is just who he is. You know, he's a cool guy. You know, and the way the order was, I was going to get it anyways. But just when his music hit, I, I'm not going to lie, I had a little tear coming to my eye. You know, was, here he is, I went in the ring, and then Liger was there, you know, and like I said, just almost 20 years prior, you know, you never think you'd meet this guy, let alone work with this guy, you know, and he was the nicest guy in the world. Um, I got to work that gimmick match um, that he had. We did the whole train with people sticking the thumb up his butt mm-hmm. uh, in the slow motion <laughs> on uh, night three. I love wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I know Jim Cornette hated it. Uh, but, and then I got to talk uh, wrestling with Liger backstage with him and Hero. Uh, where I found out how he came up with the Shooting Star Press. So that was cool. He shared the story of how he came up with the Shooting Star Press, and, and that was Whoa. nice. Well, let's hear it. Want we to share it? <laughs> yeah, we got to hear that. <laughs> okay, so it was me, Liger, and Chris Hero uh, in the back PWG locker room, and it was night two, I believe it was, um, of BOLA. And what's funny is uh, the current IWGB junior champion was selling Liger's merch, out, out there for him. <laughs> he was a bowler too, but he lost night one, but he was on merch, uh, but they were real close. But um, so he, I was just sitting there with him and uh, we were just talking wrestling and then Liger, our hero asked Liger, so, you know, how'd you do, you know, shooting star? Like, how did you think of it? And he's like, he's responded really quick. He's like, oh, oh, I, I see it in a cartoon. I, I, and he's like, did it's emotion. They're like, oh, shooting star. So he's like, I, I try. I try. I go practice and practice and practice. But yeah, he saw it in a cartoon and started practicing it, and that's how he came up with it. That's so, awesome. Damn. Yeah, I think, share uh, that memory. I think it was uh, Jeff Dino told me about Scott Lost. He got all of his move set from like watching like anime and like kung fu movies. Oh yeah, and it, it makes sense <laughs> when you see when you see Scott Lost wrestle. Like Scott least, Lost you was know. so good. And he was it, so good. Amazing from the stuff that I saw him. He he stopped he stopped wrestling prior to me. But uh, the stuff that I've seen him back in the day, he's, it's, it's, it's fantastic. He saw you training, Mike. He said, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not carrying another generation of wrestlers. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> born, we've seen like, plenty of guys come through PWG and, uh, and get picked up by you know, WWE, AEW, whatever, you know, the bigger promotions. What, are there any guys that, that you, you saw come through PWG that you thought were good, but they didn't get picked up? Or maybe they quit prior to you know, the big boom? Of uh, of wrestling and, and people getting signed, not not really. I mean, I mean, you look at just that Bola match, the the night, the night um, three match of Bola, which is the gimmick match. They always have the first round <clears throat> losers. You know, you had that match. We had Liger. You had Tommaso Ciampa. You had Chuck Taylor. <laughs> you had Cedric Alexander. 
Brian Kendrick, Matt Riddle, um, Pete Dunn, Cobb, uh, yeah, Jeff Cobb, uh, Sammy Callahan. I mean, everyone got signed, you know, and for the most part, I mean, I think if you actually probably Scott lost, he's probably the one that, you know, never got signed that I thought probably if he stuck it out, probably get signed. He'd be perfect in today's world. Uh, he was so crisp in all his moves and, mm-hmm. um, and probably Scott lost, but you know, he, I worked with him that, that one show I had, uh, he was part of that big eight or 10 man or that DDT. I worked with him everywhere else, but I only worked him that one time at PWG, but He's probably one of those, that, yeah, I would say. But majority of them have got signed some way, whether it's Ring of Honor, IWGP, you know, they have MLW coming around. You know, most of them have. Uh, or Quicksilver. I never worked with Quicksilver, but he was a really talented guy. He was Scorpio Sky's original tag team partner. Um, he kind of sucks how he kind of got out of wrestling. Um, he's caught, caught a really bad staff affection um, at a PWG show. And it nearly killed him. So Jesus. pretty much between that and the concussions, he pretty much retired. So, but yeah, uh, if I could add another memorable PWG moment, it probably was well two more memorable ones. One was a Marty Scroll versus uh, Chuck Taylor match. That was the one I got the powder thrown in my eyes. Um, or sorry, he got the powder kicked in his eyes, and he and he snapped both my fingers on uh, my fingers on both my hands. <laughs> <He's> like, <coughs> Is that I count with both hands? So originally, it was just going to break one hand. Oh, I think it was one hand. And then I told him, I said, but I count with both. So that's why he went breaking both. And then there was some pretty cool pictures when I just posted on Facebook as a memory. Um, I was thinking in my head, like, how do I react to it, you know, facial wise? <clears throat> and then I just thought of the movie Casino when they break the guy's hands, yeah, yeah. you know, for stealing. And he's like, I broke my hands, man. <laughs> so I kind of ch- ch- uh, channel that. As my reaction and just the crowd going crazy because I couldn't do anything with my hands broken, you know, fingers were broken, <laughs> quote unquote. And then my last one memorable was probably last year's Bola when I did that crazy six man that had a uh, Flamita, Ray Horace, uh, Black Taurus, Laredo Kid, um, Puma King, and Bandito. One of being, yeah, so it so cows. Match the year last year. It was also Dave Meltzer five star match. It was just kind of an amazing match. Just it was just crazy. It was just the uh, we didn't know if the music was going to hit because they couldn't download the music right before the match. Um, they didn't even know what the finish was. They didn't know most of the match because they thought they had more time. And everything hit. You know, everything when it came to match time. Everything hit, and you wouldn't have known anything. So Thank that was you. a memorable one. Lucha matches, Mike. Lucha matches. Lucha matches. <laughs> They're fun. It's a quality yeah. lucha match. Yeah. I'll see you out there. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've only done like one like real lucha match. Uh, it was up in Escondido. And Rey Myst- the king, Rey Mysterio, he's not actually Rey Mysterio Jr. or anybody. He, he, I guess he's Rey Mysterio Sr. Cousin? Uh, uh, no, not related at all. I guess he uh, kind of like he pimps out the name. Ray Mysterio and uh this kid is he, he now gets to go under the name uh because Ray Mysterio senior gave it to him and he bo- he put on a show and he booked me uh in the main event I was teaming with Ray Mysterio and we were taking on Rico Dynamite and another gentleman from uh from Tijuana and pff, 
I was lost. Thank God Rico was there, man, because like Rey Mysterio and the other dude from Tijuana didn't really speak too good of English. And Rico, of course, can, is he's bilingual. So he was kind of, you know, keeping me, uh, you know, when we were planning out this match, he was helping me out. But once we got out there, man, shit just went off the rails. And I'm, I'm, lo- I'm looking at Rico and he's just like, just keep going, man. Like, I think we were the heels. Or no, I'm sorry. We were the baby faces. And Rico and the other guy were the, the heels. And at one point, they hit the referee with a chair <laughs> out of the blue. And I'm like, oh, like, I'm like, is, is the match still going? Is like, what's going on here? And then two minutes later, the referee, Rico, and the, the other heel guy are all jumping in circle with their arms around each other. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, is, is the match? And then Rico would just keep, keep coming back over to me and being like, just fight, man. Just fight. Like, just keep going. And I was so lost. Uh, but that's just lucha, man. That's and, and I was talking, I was talking to Ricardo Rodriguez. He was doing the uh, announcing, and afterwards he's like, "That's just how they do it, man. That's just how they do it." But it was it was fun. It was a good learning experience. Yeah, I worked the original Rey Mysterio Senior Benefit Show that they held at AWS many years ago. Uh, Shamu was help promoting it, uh, help pay expenses because of his injuries and stuff for Rey Mysterio Senior. Uh, I was put in the main event with Platanito. Uh, the longtime Lucha ref. He's a cool guy. He's always in the dies of Lucha Baboom. And um, they wanted to do the whole double ref count thing finish. Well, the guys I was kind of paired with in the finish <clears throat> were ready in the finish. He had rolled them up like kind of wheelbarrow pin type thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guys that Plantanito was with was, with, if anyone remembers the old AWS, was a big parking lot. So they were on the other end of the parking lot, nowhere <laughs> near it. And I'm like, the guy just hold him, hold him. So I make the count and call for the bell. And I remember that I was like, Panito came back. He's like, you should have waited. I'm like, they were, they were like minutes away. You know, I'm going to wait for them to hold the Wilbur thing the whole time and come back on it. So it was just like, it was funny. Uh, that On that show, I, like, I was cool with a lot of the old original LA fuckers. Um, sorry, I don't know if you cuss or not. But no, it, they, they kind of formed at AWS back in the day. And um, so I was cool with them. Actually, that, I got booked for that show because of Shamu. And I know that I guess I know them. I have kind of respect to them. And um, they've never ever kind of put hands on me as a ref, but I've seen them put hands on plenty of refs. Um, but I remember in that show, there was a, a, a belt and Shamu looked at it. You know, because of course, Lucha, you bring a belts or some promotion doesn't even run anymore. So it was some trios title, like from WWL trios title um, that some guy had. And then like Shamu grabbed it. He's like, this effing belt. I hate this effing belt. I think that the promotion MWF uses it as like their heavyweight title or something. So he grabs and he just chucks it. And of course, like I said, you're just on cement. So you see all the sparks of the belt just going and oh, chucks it on the thing. <laughs> it was just funny. But yeah, it's, it's Lucha. Unfortunately, that what you see, we saw Camden, that's about 98% of the Lucha here in Southern California. So. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's organized chaos with, uh, with Lucha promotions. I was pretty lucky the first Lucha match I worked. Thank God Nestor SoCal Crazy was in it because I just stayed with him the whole time because <laughs> it was just, like you said, Mike, just off the damn walls. So I was just like, I have no clue what's going on right now. And, of course, I'm the only, like, white kid in it. You know, everybody else is doing their thing, and luckily Nestor just held me by the hand and was just like, just stay with me. Just stay with me. <laughs> Best thing you to do. Um, so let's move on to Lucha Underground. There's a uh, there's word that there's gonna be a promotion that's gonna be pretty big time, big backers. 
uh, behind it. Um, up at, they're going to be filming out of L.A. They're using a lot of Southern California talent. You jump on as official. How's that? Uh, how'd that work out for you? Um, it was through uh, Marty Elias, uh, former WWE referee Marty Elias. Uh, he hit up me and Knox. He was supposed to work a show with us in Arizona. It was Joe DeFalco that was co-promoting a show out there called IWF. And he wanted to point out the show and because he wasn't feeling well. And then not so long after that, he hit us up and he's like, hey, uh, hit me and Knox up. He's like, you know, um, I'll be, you know, be part of a show. And he didn't say it was a televised, a, a televised show. He just said a part of a show. Um, they'd be working like three dates um, in either late August or September. Um, you know, I wonder if you want to work for it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've had a good relationship with Marty over the years. So um, I, um, I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, I didn't know if it was sure that he was maybe putting a new promotion on. And he, um, you know, didn't you know, talk about pay or anything. I just did it because it was Marty and it was, you know, going to do it for a favor. Long enough, he's like, as the time came closer, he's like, okay, this is what your pay is going to be per show. I'm like, whoa, this is like more than I've ever gotten paid. And, uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be televised too. And there's been other projects that have worked and failed. And um, it was just, um, like I said, word of mouth. Yeah, the, the producers knew who we were, but Marty had say so on the officials and he put me in Knox. So it was just an opportunity he gave us. And like I said, I got there and it was like, whoa, this thing is different. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was Marty Elias. So you, uh, you were getting paid per show. You weren't, uh, under contract or anything, right? The last year we were kind of under contract before we weren't, it was just kind of like anything else. Like it was an independent type deal. We got paid per show. Uh, but each season we got a, a pay increase. Um, and, um, like I said, it was just um, like I said, um, th- like to so the f- fourth season, we were like a one. It was like a one season contract thing, um, but yeah, the first three were just kind of just per episode. But we're on every episode, um, even uh, if we didn't appear on the episode, we still got paid for the episode. So oh, nice. Like I said, I, my first my first paycheck. I remember uh, <laughs> it was for two tapings, and um. Well, sorry, for a week, a weekend of two dates of tapings, which I think was four episodes. And after taxes, they took taxes on her and all that other stuff. Um, I made more there than I made in the Hollywood working three and a half years in that one weekend. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. No, no knock to it. I enjoyed working in Hollywood, but what it was, but yeah. It hey, drop that, drop that burial for us, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I can share a Paul Bearer story. Go for oh, it. Yeah. From Hollywood. Uh, uh, I was working with this one. They were taping at the Glendale Studios. And I, I love that area. And, um, or that, that setup they had. And it, the tapings fell on my birthday. And uh, a wrestler's mother, who had a thing for me, uh, maybe a birthday cake, <laughs> and uh, names. Uh, names. So, uh, he's he's not around anymore. His name was Jason Emerald. So, mm. anyways, uh, he he only wrestled I think one or two years. Um, long story short, he didn't listen to me in the ring. Um, so um, he wouldn't listen to me. I tried to like guide him, 
he annoyed me, so I wound up banging his mom. So. <laughs> oh my god. Dad, hit that burial again. God damn. And I, I, uh, I made sure he was there. So not only did I make sure he what? was there, I went Wait, oh and I watched wrestling with him after I got done with my deed you know, as she was making me lunch. So, yeah. Holy shit, dude. That's yeah. fucking gnarly. If anyone... If anyone's been in SoCal, you know, there's um, my nickname's Dirt God, and there's a reason for it. But the main thing is just don't mess with me. I'm a very oh, nice guy. Fuck it. But if you mess with me, if you mess with me and you He'll piss me off, mom. I'll get back at you. <laughs> oh my god, god damn. Dang. Justin, you just wow. can't I don't stop at points. I don't I don't stop it. I don't discriminate against mothers, girlfriends, fiancés. So Oh my God. <laughs> all right, all right. I think we kinda got we kind of takes got a picture a, of his of his uh, of his wall behind him of all the degrees and shows up and panties drop, dude. <laughs> I think we uh, I think we uh, I think we got put off on a, a, hard, a hard turn a left turn. Wait, Let's so that was to, a to, Paul Bearer story? Yeah, that's a Paul Bearer story, right? <laughs> no, anyways, so she made me this she made me this cake, and I found out I was looking for it, and then I get to the cake and it's half eaten, and then someone told me Percy ate half of it. I'm like, what the hell? So, and I went to Percy, and he was a cool guy. He's like, damn right, I ate half of it. His birthday was April t- 10th, like two days later. He's like, my birthday's coming up, and no one gave me a cake, blah, blah, blah. So, damn right, what are you going to do about it? I was like, I can't get mad. It's Percy Pringle and Paul Bear, you know? So, I was like, no problem at all. I have no problem funny. eating half my cake. So, can I get a picture with you, yeah, Percy? Eat half my birthday. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's cool, man. That's a good, that was a good story right there. Uh, so anyway, so Lucha Underground, we, uh, you know, obviously it kind of had like, uh, it met its demise, it went out with a, you know, whisper, I guess you could say. Um, did you guys kind of see that coming or was it kind of like, was there like talks in the back? Like, man, something, something's not right around here or. The, the whole thing of people getting out of their contracts that kind of gave it a black eye. And then there was a the guy's triple A that defected and then came back and that was having issues there. And then. Um, they got to the fourth season. We had some overall production cuts. I mean, the product was still good, but when we lost the temple, uh, because they raised the rent there, the season four, I mean, it was fun, but it wasn't, it just didn't seem right. It, it seemed like that, that season where it, you know, that show, you know, they bring in that cousin <laughs> or they bring in like, you know, Mary Rich, Mary Rich children that brought in seven. Yeah, it kind of seemed like that, that, that odd season. And there was talks. I know, um, they had were talking about extending season four um, at the end at a wrap up party. Uh, they were talking about extending it another like d- doubling up the episodes to another twenty two. But at that point, it was um, the, the season already wrapped, and it was just like, how are they going to rewrite stuff to make sense? They already cut stuff off, so they were trying to get that money to do the season five of it, but they just never panned out, you know. And then like I said it was a great place to work. Most people got other work elsewhere, can't complain, but, and like I said, it, it was, like I said, it was just the, the funding, it wasn't getting the, the, at first it had some support from El Rey, and then they cut the budget there, we got some sponsor funding, but that when El Rey made some cuts, it just kind of hurt the whole thing. You know, you can't run at that same level you had the first three seasons, at half the budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dev, you got any questions for Justin? 
Oh uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, I think an obvious one is. Uh, I mean, if you're keeping your eye to the local scenes, like who do you think is is probably next in line locally for PWG? Who do you think that fits the mold that you think has some good momentum? But before I could even ask that, is when do you think we're gonna start having shows again, dude? I mean, you're a smart guy over there, so. I don't think anywhere until late fall, to be honest. You know, um, hopeful this year. Ideally, you were thinking that maybe something would happen this summer, but at this point, I don't think it's going to happen this summer. So, I'm thinking at the very earliest, maybe October. Hmm. And if it doesn't happen by the fall, then obviously the, the beginning of next year. Um, but it's kind of sad because I mean, even when promotions start back up, I mean, you have all the stuff, and like, where do you start from there? And then you see other places closing, like the Santino Brothers <clears throat> closing its doors and other places. You know, it's understandable. It's, it's a cost. They have the overhead and all that. But, you know, you wonder how many other promotions are going to – and you guys mentioned yourself – are going to fall through through that. You know, it's hard when you need that money from to get from training. You get the money for a little bit from shows. You know, you know it's like many local promotions make a lot of money as it is. Um, so it's hard when you even lose that little money. Um, and then you, you have the people who use their shoot jobs to run the promotions. And now they don't have that money coming in. You know, it's hard. So I'm thinking at the earliest October, um, if not early next year. So hmm. um, local guys, um, I would say Adrian Quest is one. I was thinking that one too. Yeah, Adrian Quest is, is one. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see everyone's favorite Andy Brown back there. Uh, but new guys, <laughs> new guys would be Adrian Quest. I actually honestly think if Hunter could get confidence in himself in about a good year, he could have a chance. Damn. But, it. Thanks, bro. No, but the but thing was with you and with Andy, Andy was the same way for a while. Andy was the same one that he didn't have confidence in himself. And I think the match with you had with him show that you can be at that level. And Andy can be at the level. He's at bar. He's been at the PWG a couple of times. And, it, you know, but I think Andy still holds back a little bit more, too. Um, Dude, but I, I think Hunter. I 100% agree with you, man. Andy, yeah. Andy is so underrated. And, I'm, you know, we, we pick, you know, on social media a lot. You know, Mike yeah. and Dev and myself, you know, fuck Andy Brown, but. Andy's Andy's good. Andy's super underrated. I tell folks all the time that match me and Andy had was one of my favorite matches just because it was fun. And you know, me and Mike has has had this conversation before where you know, coming in our comp, I would say my confidence isn't the best in the world, but just because a lot of times I get told you know to kind of tone it down and be at a lower level when I can actually go at a faster pace level and actually you know spread my wings and you know do things that i can actually do but uh that was that legit was one of the matches where i was like okay i can i can fucking hang you know what i mean and yeah i i see it in myself i see it in mike's matches like after we have level up shows and this is 100 percent god's honest truth after after every showcase we have uh benny b-boy will say that Mike needs to be signed 100% just mm-hmm. because of the amount of talent that he has and just how good he is as far as being like a ring general in there because we we care about the business and we bust our ass 100% like 
Mike and I, before this whole coronavirus went down, we were in that fucking gym every freaking night, you know, busting our ass. So it, it's, you've got to put in the work for it. So I, I appreciate you saying those words. Definitely. Yeah. And, and the thing that's the thing too, is that a lot of times refs, you know, promoters will go to refs, PWGs, you know, super dragon, it does the booking, but he doesn't really recruit. So he, a lot of times he'll get stuff through water mouth and then he'll ask me or Knox, you know, if he hasn't seen anything yet, you know, what do you heard about this guy? Or what do you heard about that? Like one time he's looking for something and he'll ask us. Um, that's how Brody got into it. Um, he was asking about certain guys. One guy that he really liked that he actually took the time to look up was Jake Atlas. That was like his number one guy. And, um, but like Brody uh, was suggested um, and J.R. Kratos was actually, he was looking for big guys like Cobb. And I told, I told, the thing is like, if I tell you something that a promoter is, I'm telling you for a reason. I'm not there to jerk your chain. And like, um, and I remember I told Kratos, do you have anything up at YouTube? Is That's how Dragon kind of looks at stuff. He looks at YouTube. And he's like, no. I said, get something up like now. I mean, I, I threw the name out there. And then, of course, Dragon came back next show and said, yeah, should I look up for anything for him? I didn't see anything for him. And I was like, man, <laughs> you know, it, you know, but um, Adrian Quest, you know, I think he can, he, he can do it now. Uh, he finally has that kind of confidence in himself. Um, so Hunter, I'll give you another year just because I say, I think you need that, just that little build that confidence you have from Andy and just build and build and build and build on that. Because the thing is with PWG that's different from anything else, the fans <coughs> are not forgiving. Um, a lot of people are one, one and done. You get one time. And it's very rarely that you get to come back again when you don't get start being booked consistently. But if the fans take a liking to you, you're likely going to come back again. And uh, they're not afraid to voice their opinion on it. So I remember uh, with Bola a few years back, they totally shitted on uh, uh, Brian Myers and gave him the um, please don't come back chant. And uh, yeah. So, That's brutal. And he... Yeah, and he pretty much, yeah, of course, didn't come back. And, uh, but yeah, they're not shy, and the fans have a lot of a pull there to it. So uh, when you're ready there, it's usually one shot and you're ready. Um, a few of the people who had the uh, trial or kind of had that, that first match there, I told them, you know, don't go over because you get the PWG and you want to show everything you have. And I tell anyone who's first time there, uh, like I told Brody, I told Cody, I told Andy, I said, go 12 minutes. Give him a solid 12. Don't go over 12. And I think when Brody went, uh, he went with, um, uh, I forgot who he wrestled, what West Australian he wrestled. I think it was, it was Chris Brooks or, or um, Adam Brooks. But uh, anyways, like they went 1148 <clears throat> or something. And the first thing that came back was the comedy of Holly, kept under 12. Um, but um, I think Hammerstone could probably make it. I mean, he's not technically a local guy, and someone like Bay could probably make it, uh, just because Bay has a little bit buzz on him. Um, but he's someone else. I think he could probably get a shot. Um, Hammerstone, I think he could too. If you know, I hopefully know you know his association with the Sheik. Um, I know some promoters don't you know might not 
book him against the Sheik's champion. You know, that's unfortunate because Hammerstone's a good talent. Um, he's one of those guys that's power and can go. And like I said, I've always been a fan of Mike, although he never wore the white belt, as I suggested to him, though. <laughs> that's because you were you're already stealing everything with those white pants, so I just I wanted to keep it black. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. We had a question, uh, a fan question, a uh, was it two weeks ago or a week ago about what's the worst chant? And I think, yeah, the worst chant you chant you could possibly get is the don't come back chant. That's probably the absolute worst. Um, it happened to, um, uh, Reno scum, Adam, he had a really, and it's sad because he's talented. Uh, he got one of those, I think he was one of the first, uh, PWG, a please don't come back chance. It's a rough one. That's a good. He's a good dude. I, I've uh, I've rode with him before. Very nice guy. Yeah, very very cool guy. You've worked uh, you refed a couple of my matches at Ground Zero. You was you did for you did uh, Ruby and I. Uh huh. That was a fun match. I, that was a lot more fun than I thought it it, it was going to be. Like once we got in there, here goes Mike fun. burying women's wrestling again, dude. No, Every week on this show. No, I'm not burying it at all. I think, like I said, I thought it was fun, man. I, I was, cause I didn't know how it was going to go over. And, uh, but the crowd loved it. I almost had a, a, a fan follow me in the back and try and fight me. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and then that fan, and, that, and then that fan happened to be the dad of one of the trainees. <laughs> but, uh, all right, man. Do you want to uh, go ahead and uh, put over like your uh, social media, Justin? All right. Um, I'm, I have an Instagram account. Never go on. But um, it's the same as my Twitter account, which is the main ref one, two, three. And then on my Facebook, just for my name, Justin Borden. And then uh, you got any, uh, any bookings coming up? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, nothing, nothing to sign, no, nothing, 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 yeah. <laughs> nothing, how about late fall? Nothing. How about, uh, how about for your PhD? Any, any, is there any programs that you're part of that you want to promote? Anything that's, uh, you know, any charities that you work with? Anything that you want to get some extra eyes or ears on? Um, it's, a, it's a charity. Uh, <clears throat> there's a local one here at Riverside called Taking to the Streets with Lori and Shira Rich. It's a 5013C or is it 5013C uh, nonprofit where a lady um, goes and um, she helps homeless people. Not only helps them, but gets their animals vaccinated. Um, they get them fixed. Uh, make sure they have supplies. Make sure they're licensed. Uh, she started off um, just her and her daughter, and then through volunteers. And she is now within the last I think seven years have. Spay neutered over a thousand animals Dang. Uh, for the homeless community, and uh, pretty much does it out of, out of pocket. She had a successful business. Anyone knows Riverside? There are little kind of higher up areas, Mission Inn, downtown Riverside. She had a business successful there. She gave it up to her charity and pretty much does it all the time. Uh, she's one of those charities I do believe that if she says she needs something, I know she needs it. She's not one of the ones that says I need money, money, money. She might say I need dog chew toys or I might need you know disposable things she's very honest and she's not about the money she's about the service so uh she does an awesome job and even though all the stuff's going on she's still uh, out there helping and servicing the community cool all right man appreciate it good luck with uh, your future studies <laughs> 
Hey, Justin. Yeah, uh, like I said, like, Justin. Go, go next, ahead, Hunter. Yeah, go ahead. Next time I come with the fucking boot, move out the damn way, okay? Thanks for coming on tonight, dude. No problem. My pleasure. Like I told Mike, I enjoy the show every week. And like I said, I'll continue enjoying the show Thanks. every week. Thanks, 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 Justin. See you guys later. Later, bud. All right, Dev. Your your battery's running low, I'm sure. So so is I got mine. Four percent. So let's ta- let's let's take this home, Devin. Take it home. <laughs> give me some give me, give him some uh, some name drops. Some name drops of what? Yeah, of where confused. they can they can hear us. Oh, where they can listen to the show. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Uh, you could go to hogsmanpod.com. Go YouTube channel hogsmanpod at hogsmanpod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, support those who support us. So you're looking at uh, 10 Barrel and uh, getting yourself some pub beer. And uh, is that about it? Hunter, what do you, you, got, you got anything you got to put over real quick? Go follow my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook. Uh, if you want a koozie, I'll send you a koozie. Just hit me up in the DMs. I'll send it to you. You might want to slide into Super Dragon's DMs with those koozies, brother. <laughs> Start playing that seed for a year from now. Hey, appreciate it. Um, here's to uh, Profuse Juice. Uh, good quality beer. Very fruity. Thank you, Devin. Fuck you. <laughs> Thanks, Tim Burrell. Ted, what else? What are we missing here? Anything? So it's in my notes. I tried to drop it in there, but Justin wasn't on the show. But we got to talk about Hunter's Farmer Stand. <laughs> Put this in your notes for next uh, for the next episode. Hunter's Incredible Farmer's Tan. Go check it out. IWTV Ground Zero Phase 9 was just <laughs> released this week. Hunter yeah. opens the show. It's his debut at Ground Zero. And he has the most amazing farmer's tan I've ever seen. And I love you for that, my friend. Uh, Living so the gimmick, can, dog. Thank That's you. part of the gimmick, man. Hogsmanpod.com, at Hogsmanpod, everywhere you are. Find us on YouTube as well. All right, excellent. We're going to take this home. We're done. Devin, if they think yep. they're going to, if they just want the tip, what do they got to do? Got to take the whole hog. All right, adios. We're out. <laughs>